Michaels with Verity Mortgage coming to you again today uh, with my good buddy Dave Sheehan um, with Reflect Real Estate. Um, I want to find out a little bit about Dave first because um, I think it's important to understand people's background, where they come from, and what they're about. Um, and then it gives you a little bit better perspective on their opinion on how their life's unfolded. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, I mean, obviously we've known each other for several years now, yeah. but uh, tell everybody a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you are now. Like the full origin story? Sure, or? yeah, whatever okay. you got. Well, uh, May 10th, 1974, <laughs> about 5 p.m., no. Um, born in New Jersey, moved to Texas. Two months later, my uh, dad was in flight school. He was a big fan of John Wayne. Yeah, I grew up in Boston, okay. you know, in the, in the snow and decided, as soon as I'm out of the military, I'm headed to Texas. So we ended up landing in Arlington originally for about the first four years of my life. Relocated to Grand Prairie, kind of went through my schooling there. Hadn't really left, you know. Well, lived in Arlington, lived in Austin, lived in Fort Worth, you know, kind of bounced around the state. But in um, Texas. But in Texas, yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those things, you know. I, know I, wasn't, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as Right, right. The old stamp bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, been here, met my wife. Uh, back in 99. Where did you go to school? Oh, I went to University of Texas Arlington. I got okay. my Bachelor of Fine Arts there. Okay. We won't talk about that. Okay. And then, uh, hey, we all have our <laughs> unique degrees, right? I think mine's in like general marketing is like the oh. most generic degree you could possibly have. Well, that's useful. Mine was in theater. Okay. Which <laughs> well, hey. There's not that many job opportunities out there, or at least there wasn't in the 90s. Yeah, so. but you gotta learn how to talk to people and be presented in front of others. So, I guess. You can handle that, right? Like, this will be, I guess. Sure, sure. We'll speak to that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but then three years later, after not being able to really find, you know, real employment, I went back and got my MBA okay. from UTA. I yep. lived in Austin. I started a little internet thing. You know, this was like 96, 97. The internet was brand new. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like in the restaurant space and uh, was making a lot of money, like cash money and didn't know what to do with it. So I was right. like, I better go get a business degree because right. I'm, a, I'm sure the IRS is going to come find me. Right. So came back up, um, started. 99, took a couple years, met my wife. She was starting her PhD program about the same time. Got married in 2003. We have three daughters, um, live in Arlington. Kind of love, I don't know why. I, well, I figured out why we love Arlington. You know, we tried to move a couple times yeah. to different places and I realized, you know, especially in, in this space now, you know, being in real estate, it's, it's kind of the best place for a central location. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you're, if your sphere is kind of, yep. you know, my sphere that was high school, college kind of all, Scattered Dallas around the metro, here, Fort Worth's here, you're kind of right yeah, between Flower Mountain, you know, yeah. so uh, kind of central can be anywhere in a short amount of time. And, you know, kind of really like the, the ethnic diversity of Arlington, you yeah. know, something that's pretty important to me. I grew up around, you know, a lot of diversity and um, so, you know, like it. Um, How old are your kids? My oldest is a freshman in college. He's yeah. 18. I have a sophomore and a sixth grader, so 18. 15, okay. 12. So you got the kid in college that you're paying for and you still got another, what is that, six years before they're all gone? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah. and then I got like a car in a few months and I have like two cars and then the insurance yeah. that goes with that is ridiculous. Yeah. Expenses um, start going through the roof. Yeah, girls are expensive, yeah. but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it every yeah. day or, you know, you, you've got one of each. You know? I do, you yes, know? yes. So I haven't gotten to where you're at yet. Um, funny story, actually, our kids, before we really knew each other, mm -hmm. um, went to school together when they were little bitty. We found out later on, kind of getting to know each other a little bit better, that we both went to, was it Children's University, Children's right, University, in, in Arlington? Yeah. Um, so small world sometimes around the area that you live and work, you, you know, you run into people later on, you didn't realize you had a relationship. Absolutely. Before. So they're, they're kind of like the apples of our eye, you know, they keep us busy. You know, my, my middle daughter, she's a cheerleader and show choir and, and all that. So and your I, wife's, um, she got her, is her PhD in like health and fitness? Or her like PhD is in psychology. Psychology. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she's a psychologist. Well, okay. I guess I, I gotta be careful what I say, because apparently if you're not licensed by the <laughs> state, you can't be called a psychologist. <laughs> okay. So she's got her PhD in psych, counseling psychology. Okay. Um, but her true passion is health and fitness and yeah. nutrition and yeah. kind of help. That's where I see a lot of her stuff that she talks about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think when she got it, went into private practice, it was pretty evident that a lot right. of people's mental yeah. kind of struggles had a lot to do with her dietary, nutrition, physical health, things like that. So she wanted to kind of do a, a holistic, all encompassing approach to getting people healthy. Well, I'm very excited about that topic, by the way. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. I've never done one of these yet about that. I just started doing some stuff about youth sports because that's another thing I get fired up about. But um, I definitely want to talk to your wife. Yeah, point. call her so, in. Donna would love to. Look get, her up. Get, get the whole Sheehan family yeah. involved. Well, she, she didn't take my last name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Look up Donna Shafir. Yeah. Um, so that's what she does. We we stay busy um, with them. I'm, if, if I'm not working, I'm Uber driving the kids around to yeah. their things or, or 
you know, helping my wife or helping each other try to stay healthy and mentally sane. It's been, been a funky couple of years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it hadn't been normal. For yeah. Sure. So that's kind of like the personal side. Yeah. Um, so work-wise, how did uh, how'd you get your path to becoming a realtor? Man, I, uh, you know, I was young punk, 18-year-old working at Sound Warehouse over off Cooper next to the park small. And then they, and you know, long hair and earrings and a goatee, you know. The 90s. Uh, yeah, it's like 92. Yeah. And uh, they got bought by a blockbuster music, uh-huh. or, you know, and they were like, well, they got new, you can't have hair below the collar and you can't have earrings and you can't have facial hair unless it's man cool beard. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that's not the place for me anymore. <laughs> so I said, sayonara. And um, that night I went to a party up in Denton and ran into a girl that I knew from Arlington and uh, just explained her. I was like, oh, yeah, just quit. Sound warehouse and, and she's like, oh, I got a, I got a job at a law firm in Arlington, you know. Yeah. And I was like, and I think I was making like three twenty-five, like minimal right. wage. And right. She's like, I get paid eight dollars an hour, and I was like, sold. It's like, can, can you get me a job? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in Arlington. So, uh, you know, that Monday she calls me up. You want to come in for an interview? I was like, okay. You know, came in. It was like it was, it was data entry work, something right. very remedial, but it happened to be, yeah, yeah. I was eighteen, nineteen. Right. Um, so it happened to be with a real estate law firm. So mm-hmm. it was a uh, law firm called Pearson and Patterson. They're, they're still around today. They do doc prep for residential real estate transactions. Um, the attorney I work for, Mike Patterson, you know, amazing guy, you know, super like very uh, forward looking, you know, and we kind of delved into a lot of different little spaces. Um, but it was, it was a great place to work. I worked there for a number of years. And then after college, I um, went to Europe for six months, kind of traveled around. Then I moved to Austin, worked for another real estate law firm down there. And that's when I started my little internet thing and decided, right. you know, I needed to get my MBA. And UTA was the, the only program that didn't, I had passed the deadline already. So I was oh, like, oh, I'll just move back up there. Right. Uh, so I came back and stopped by the law firm. They're like, hey, you know, we'll take you, come back on. So I worked there and then Kind of over time, um, you know, helped them kind of transition from a very paper, you know, paper intensive business uh, with a couple other um, moon folks. Analog to digital. Yeah, you know, I, I learned a lot from my little internet experience, and they had a couple really good like programmer and database administrators uh, that were working there. So, you know, kind of together we pulled them into the 21st century before the 21st century. Right. Yeah, it was kind of, um, you know, 99 ish, I guess, so on the cusp. But ended up really helping them grow the business. And anytime I was, you know, either getting pulled to do something else, you know, they, they just kept kept sweetening the, the pie to, to keep me there. And it, it was great, you know, loved every minute of it. Um, but kind of after the, the real estate crash, you know, I started, started struggling a little bit, you know, like going in every day because it, it became a little monotonous. It was right. office. Groundhog day, doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like where I could, I just, I could phone it in. Yeah. Um, and so around that time, uh, a, a, a group that owned a Harley, a couple of Harley Davidson dealerships, you know, kind of approached me to help go in and transition one that they had just bought. And I was like, I don't know anything about retail. And they're like, that's okay. And I was like, you know, like we don't need, you know, we don't need someone that knows anything about retail. I'm like, okay. So did that for a couple of years, went into Harley space. And if you look at me or if you know me, it's kind of like a, right. Like, you know, like, Not exactly a fit. Yeah. yeah. I got the beard now. I don't think I had right. it then. Um, but you know, help kind of transition a, a newly acquired store, and and think we did a fairly good job there. But after a couple of years, I was like, I never saw my kids. You know, right. it's kind of like gone before. Yeah, working in retail stuff. Yeah, even if you're not necessarily working at a store, even still, you're on you're on the mercy of their hours and when they work. You know, like, absolutely. And I mean, what I didn't know about me is like I had a hard time leaving before anyone else. You know, right. I was like, and when I did, I was just like it would grind up my soul. So. Um, you know, once I felt like everything was kind of leveled off and they had some good, they had some great people in place to kind of take over, I was, I was, you know, decided I needed to leave and yeah. get some time back to myself. So around that time, I was having a Passover dinner with some friends and, um, you know, they're asking about the Harley world. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving in, you know, a couple months. And they're like, oh, you need to get in real estate. Things are starting to turn around and with your knowledge. What you year know, is this? This was 2013. Okay. So yeah, after yeah. all the mortgage stuff happened. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I thought about it for a hot minute and then I was like, why not? You know, I know I knew the contract to close part of the business, like the back of my hand, you know, um, of course there was regulatory things that were changing, but 
Um, felt pretty confident about that. So I just looked into it, took some took classes yeah. and, you know, had my license in a matter of weeks and, um, yeah, and then got and into a place to land. Yeah, well, yeah. The, luckily the, the friends that recommended it, they owned a brokerage, they owned a, a franchise brokerage. In, in so real quick, anybody that doesn't that's watching this that doesn't realize, if you become a realtor, you get your license, you don't just get to immediately start selling real estate. You actually have to put your license with a brokerage. Correct. So there has to be a brokerage that sponsors you, um, that basically takes on liability. So if you screw anything up, you're covered. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you can't just, you know, go start writing contracts. You have to like get associated to a brokerage. So you have to answer. Yeah, yeah. So I, I landed with a local brokerage, full of a bunch of great people, learned a lot, um, but it was, it was, a franchise, you know, yeah. and, and when I think of franchises, you know, it's, well, and, and I would see, you know, no matter even when I hit a cap, you know, you have commissions and every, every broker is a little different, but some have caps to once you hit it, you know, most of the commission comes back to you. But this particular franchise, a decent little chunk was constantly going to the, the home franchise. Yeah. The, the franchise or the headquarters of the franchise. Yeah. And that was out of state. Upstairs. Yeah. yeah, and it was out of state. I wouldn't really mind it so much if it was in state at least, but it was it was out of state. So I was you know starting to do a mental math, you know, just on myself, and I'm like, man, this franchise has got thousands of agents. Right. It's like how much money is leaving the metroplex right. every single month. Um, so it didn't feel good. I, I was raised to kind of like shop local, yeah. you know, support local businesses. That was really kind of my my upbringing and focus. And even today, you know, I have a hard time even dining at some places that you know chain Chili's. Yeah, never. <laughs> I'm sorry, no offense. <laughs> Chili's in this. Wait, is Chili's, is that a Brinker? I don't uh, even know. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so maybe that's local-ish. Oh yeah, I guess um, so, yeah. But anyhow, I, um, so after like two or three years there, decided, you know, I wanted to look for something a little more local, you know, to kind of at least keep everything close. Found a great boutique, independent brokerage in, out of Fort Worth. You know, some amazing people. Spent a couple years there. Um, learned a lot. They had a really, really strong brand, a real, a real, real brand focus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was with the franchise one, there was a lot of things you couldn't do. You know, mm -hmm. like they have this long legal agreement that you right. sign. Like you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm like, eh. and I ran into a lot of that at Harley Davidson. You know, they had kind of right. There's only so many things you could do before corporate will like come after you. And I'm consider myself fairly creative, fairly out of the box thinker. And uh, it's always felt like my hands are tied a little bit, right. you know, especially when it's coming to like marketing ideas or, you know, something that's a little unconventional. Right. I'm, I'm a bit of an unconventional person. So you're trying to do something different, stand out of the crowd a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to fit in, I want right. to stand out. Right. Um, so, you know, went over to this little local uh, brokerage out of Fort Worth and had a great time and they had a really strong brand and they were developing it, but it kind of had a bit of the same issue in a way is that, you know, in, in which I get, I totally understood was, you know, hey, you know, this is our brand, we, we don't want to take it kind of so far, right? We want to fit into still this kind of construct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I had the opportunity to get my broker's license because in Texas, you have to have been a salesperson for four years, I think it is, four or five years. Uh, and you have had to perform a certain number of transactions. Right. So there's a there's a bit of a, a worksheet with a form. You have somewhat of a barrier to entry just to become a broker. You yeah, a little bit. Out of the like you, there's very little. The same thing with loan officers. There's very little barrier to entry aside from passing a test and getting a job. Right? Yeah. You don't have to have a ton of experience, but to become a broker is different. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had checked off. You know, I think probably in the first year or two, I had enough transactions yeah. to kind of qualify to be a broker. I just had to wait for that timeline to to expire. So, had done that um, back in 2018. So I'm I'm, I'm guessing it was. I'm guessing it's four years because I think I applied to be a broker and then you have like a year to take the exam. <laughs> I think I'm a bit of a procrastinator when it comes to what? things like oh, that. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, you know, last, last minute. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna take yeah. this test. So got the broker's license in 2018. And, you know, from there, I was just kind of always in the back of my head. I'm like, oh, one day I'll, you know, start my own thing. Sure. You know, I'll be able to do what I want. Um, but it wasn't really until this past March, you know, where I was just like, you know, uh, something you, know, you got to take the leap yeah. at some point, you know, like they say, you know, there's never a good time to have kids. Nope. You, just, you just have them, you know, you don't plan for it. You do it. Um, I had, a, I just had a, a number of things kind of line up to where I was like, I, I think probably now is a good time, you know? Uh, and so, well, it's funny how, um, and I do this a lot, you know, my wife makes fun of me because I'm a big list person. Like I got lists or lists coming out of my eyeballs. 
And there's a lot of things on the list that I intend to do, but don't always get around to doing. However, if I was able to like track all of my lists, like since I was like 20 or something like that, I guarantee you a good chunk of those things yeah. I accomplished. It may not be today or tomorrow, but it's kind of like, I got to write it down to make sure that I don't forget, you know, cause like you have those epiphanies that, uh, Dave and I were talking earlier, we, we both stay up late and, you know, brain functions, try to shut it down. And I always have these thoughts, you know, in yeah. the middle of the night, like at 1230 at night, I'm like, Oh, I could do this and I could try that. And you know, if I don't write it down, it goes away into the ether, you know, yep. it just disappears. So, so even though it may have taken you a little while to get to where you got to, you got to start somewhere. And sometimes starting is just like, well, that's what I want to do. I may not do it today, but I'm going to get there. Yeah, I, th I think you're exactly right. I would, you know, I had, had my brokers, took the brokers exam with the intention at some point doing it. Right. And just needed to feel that urge. You know, you, you can get comfortable in places. Sure, you know, the, the brokers I was with, they're great people, you know, great office, you know, everybody's very welcoming. So it's kind of like, that was to me, one of the biggest kind of mental, emotional hurdles was like, if I go out on my own, chances are, you know, I'm not going to be surrounded by like such awesome people until right. I, you know, create that. Um, so I just, I did it and, you know, I, the hardest part, I, I feel like starting a brokerage, you know, other than the exam and then leaving a bunch of people you like was trying to find a brand or a name that right. wasn't already taken. Right. Oh, yes. that's, that's tough. Find, yeah. find a domain name that, you know, for something real estate. Right. Dot com. Right. Is There's like four left. Nearly, <laughs> nearly impossible. Right. right. I think I spent like two months just on that. Right. And it was like. And I'd landed on a couple, and then when I went to test them with friends, you know, they were, they shot them down pretty pretty quickly. And, right. um, but one thing I always I've always asked buyers, you know, when we're in a house, you know, and all the things you see here, but or you mentioned it, but brokers names reflect. But every time I'm with buyers, I'm like, can you see yourself and living here? Can right. you see yourself raising a family? Can yeah. You, you know, and and it just so happened that one showing in like February of 2020, I was saying that and turn as I'm saying, and I'm looking to like a wall of mirrors. You yeah. Know? Like, and I was just kind of like, and so in my head, I was Little like, and reflect. Yeah. And you know, so as soon as they were off kind of exploring the backyard, I'm on GoDaddy looking for a domain. I was like, is reflect real estate available? <laughs> sure enough, it was. And you know, and so I bought like every, every variation, right. <laughs> which I'm sure is what everybody does. Yeah. Um, so landed there and, and it truly kind of was a perfect word for it because one of the things I felt like a lot of brokerages kind of miss, in my opinion, um, is kind of the diversity of the communities that they serve, mm -hmm. right? You know, if you look at the demographics of Fort Worth or Tarrant County, you know, it's 20% black, 30 something percent Hispanic, you know, five to 10% Asian, you know, and it's kind of this, um, and you go look at any brokerage in the market and chances are that the agents that are there aren't terribly reflective right. of that population right. kind of breakup. You'll find brokerages that are, you know, predominantly one ethnicity or group. And going back to what I mentioned about Arlington and liking the diversity, I feel like that's important. And I always, you know, and, and I feel like real estate's a pretty difficult transaction to begin yeah. with. It's a personal transaction. Yeah. That's the difference between most, I think a lot of people when they get into real estate don't realize the emotion involved in those transactions. Because if you come from the corporate world, the professional world, and you're used to dealing in business to business stuff, there's very little emotion there because you're oh, spending yeah. someone else's money, it's just numbers. you know, it's just numbers. It's maybe you like the person you're working with, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. But when you're, when you're working with someone to purchase a house that they're going to put their family in or sell a house that's been in their family for years and years or their very first home or their last home or whatever, like it's a very emotional transaction Absolutely. and you have to have that connection with someone in order to really, you know, really it, empathize with what they're experiencing, what they're going through, because if you can't, then, uh, you know, you come across as cold and, you know, you're not going to get referrals that way. Yeah, you know? precisely. And then and that was kind of one of the things like throughout my real estate career is, you know, I'd run into clients or potential clients that, you know, they culturally were different, right? You know, not that I you know, didn't love serving them, you know, but there are things that I didn't quite understand about their culture. They didn't quite understand about me. And right. so I felt like it would be important to kind of grow a brokerage that was diverse in culture and ethnicity mm -hmm. and language and yep. you know, things like that. Cause we have so many people moving to, to DFW yes. and speak so many there's different languages. Language. And there's only, I've only found one or two brokerages in the entire 
Flex that I feel have done a fairly decent job of right. this, you know, kind of creating this culturally diverse, inclusive kind of um, uh, team of agents, which, you know, I something that I aspire to do mm-hmm. um, because it's it's important. You know, people like to work with people who are like them yeah. in most cases. Yeah. Uh, and some of the toughest deals I've had have been really just because of language barriers. You know? Well, and it's funny because when you, when I think when people say they want to work with people like them, the assumption is that they want to work with someone that looks like them, right? That's the yeah. assumption, right? But the reality is, is that, you know, we're all the same for the most part, right? Everybody wants to take care of their family. Everybody wants us to, you know, make their happy and be with their wives and their kid. And, you know, I mean, that's the, across all cultures, it's very consistent, sure. right? And so the more you get to know somebody and the more you spend time talking to them and finding out about them, you realize that there's actually very little differences between most people. Oh yeah. And and that's the thing I think, you know, uh, just taking a few extra minutes to talk to someone and find out about them and you realize what the commonality is, they'll work. You don't have to look the same as they do. They just want to work with you because you hold similar ideals. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's never been really about look or anything like that. It's, yeah. prim- it's primarily about the communication right. aspect of it. You know, it's, uh, as I was saying, real estate can be a pretty difficult transaction. Right. You know, there's a lot of nuance in it. There's a lot of details, and if someone trust, a lot of trust, well, yeah, absolutely a lot yeah. of trust. Uh, so if you're you're working with somebody who maybe English isn't their first language or their their first language isn't your first right. language, you know, there, there's some difficulties there that are sometimes hard to overcome. Right. So you know, ultimately, what I'd like to build is you know something that has people that can help everyone. Right. You know, regardless of their background, right, culturally nationally, yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, Cause I feel like there's fairly a, a sizable gap in the market for, yeah. for brokers like that. Cause when I would get, I'd get a lot of leads, you know, through referrals or some of my online advertising or whatever the case may be, you know, that I, I didn't speak their language and right. they didn't speak mine, you know? And then, you know, unfortunately the brokerage I was with didn't have any agents that were representative so of the gap. Yeah, that I could say, you know, here, here's somebody I know and trust, they'll take great care of you. Right. You know, I'd go out and find somebody who speaks Bengali or whatever and you're like here and, and hope that they take good care of them but I didn't have any control over that once I kind of did the handoff so that's kind of where you know I am you know trying to just started this in March I added my first agent in June um, you know hoping to, to build it and grow it in a, in a sensible way yeah. in a mindful way you know I just don't want to be not too fast you want to go out there and just yeah well, I'm independent I'm local yeah. you know yeah. all the money stays here in DFW I, I go I spend way more money than I probably should in a lot of things, trying to keep it close to home, trying to keep it in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, I've, I have to like exhaust a lot of resources before I'll finally, you know, <laughs> spend some money out of state. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been a challenge. It's, you know, I, I love it. I, I have like a renewed energy right. for it because I know I'm like in total control and it's, you know, if, if it sinks or, or so swims, it's all it's, on you. It's all on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what were some of like when you went through the first couple, you know, the original brokers with the big brand name and then the smaller local one and then now where you're at now? There, obviously, you touched on this a little bit, but but what were a few? Is there anything that sticks out in your head about each experience that kept pointing you towards? I got to do my own thing. I got to do my own thing. I'd say with the 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 franchise one, it, it, it felt like a franchise. You know, it felt like, you know, McDonald's. Right. Yeah, like you and McDonald's, you're going to get consistent service. You know what to expect when you go in, but is it, is it spectacular? Is it going to wow you? You know, probably not. Right. In, in most cases. You get what you get. Yeah. And you're yeah. not like wowed, but you're also, for the most part, it's consistent. I've, I felt like a lot of the resources that were provided, you know, especially to, to a new agent were, were fairly, you know, uh, lower, lower end of the scale of impressive. Just safe. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I, I, we got to be careful as realtors. We have, sure. this, we have this code of ethics that we right. we can't cross a certain line when right. we're talking about other people's business. So I won't use any names. But right. it, it was just I didn't feel like it was bespoke, right? You know, in a, in a way. So when I was kind of looking for local brokerages, you know, I started gravitating to the names in the market. Yeah. But then come to find out, you know, all the names. I'm not going to name them, but most of those are owned by a bigger company. A bigger company that also owns the other ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like yeah. I was like, oh, you know, uh, this broker's got a great name. This one, oh, but they're owned by so-and-so and that. So once again, it kind of went back to the money that's leaving the market, you know, and it just pains me. I don't know why. I think yeah. as a child, my, my parents must have yeah. whooped something into me. 
Um, so when I found a, a little local boutique that, you know, had a good brand that I, I felt like was strong and had and everybody there had, you know, like kind of the, the, the level of professionalism and, um, you know, just Very the few skills. Very nights that were there. Yeah, yeah. People really because unfortunately this business is, you know, you mentioned the barrier to entry to get in, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't take a lot. When I hear people, have, you know, have flunked the real estate <laughs> exam a few times, I'm just like, Really? Um, but yeah, you, you've, you've got a big chunk of the people that they do it part-time, you know, and, and that's fine. Yeah. Well, but, it's a great, I mean, it, my business of doing lending and your business of real estate is they're very, uh, uh, very good representations of the 80-20 rule, right? Absolutely. Where there's 20% of the people that do work do 80% of the work, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's, I mean, it's just what it is. Sure. <laughs> and there's not that many things. Honestly, I think if you look across all industries, it's pretty typical, yeah. you know, there where it's just there's a select few of really good, you know, individuals and companies that do this. And then there's a bunch of everybody else. Yeah. And I don't think that that's that unusual. But because this is very much a um, what do you call it? You know, we're we're we don't work. We're independent contractors mm -hmm. for the most part. I'm not. But but for the most part, most agents are you're 1099. You're not working as a W2 employee, yep. you know, so it's, it's transient. So you can move. You know, there's not a whole lot of hell to a particular company. You'll just bounce to another one. So that just kind of perpetuates that and makes it a little bit worse. You know, I mean, yeah. for good and bad, it gives you a lot of freedom. The 20% that are over here doing all the work, they love it. Cause like you said, you can take your kids to school every day and you have all this flexibility and freedom, but for the industry as a whole, because you don't have like standards that are, I mean, there are standards, but you know, it's just how much you have to work when you have to work. It's just, you know, you could have a late or a person that sells you a home that sells two homes a year and that's all she ever yeah. does and you know yeah she and i know everything that he or she being on the side you know, i hope i'm on you know the 20 percent. i get a lot of calls from people yeah. saying, hey you're a high performer in the market and yeah. i don't compare myself really to everyone else sure. but um you know when you're on the other side of a transaction with somebody that is part of that 80 percent, you know it's it's painfully obvious sure you know you feel bad almost for you know the people that are representing you know like, a lot of times contract forms are even completed properly right. and it's, it's, it's sloppy, you know, so it's fill in the blank. It's just, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's tough. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like a lot of, you know, some of the bigger folks that got, you know, 700 agents or a couple hundred agents, you know, there's, there's a large chunk of them, you know, 80% of them that yeah. aren't taking it serious, you know, they're, they're, well, they cast a wide net, you know, that's, yeah. that's kind of how yeah. the, the business is built in, in such a way that you have to have, if you're a big brokerage like that or any of those, you gotta have a large volume of people coming in because it, let's not, I mean, you can speak to this as well. Being a broker is 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 a lot of risk. Like there's a lot involved. So, you know, you have to, and once you get to a certain size, you know, you gotta offset your risk by, by bringing in, you know, new people and casting a wide net for a lot of different, uh, people and options for agents coming in because if you don't and you try to focus on keeping it small, you know, there's a balance, but if you, you know, like say, I just want to have 10 very high performing agents. That's all I want. Well, that sounds good. But the problem is, is that several of those 10 are going to go want to do either create their own brokerage or they're going to go find another company. So you have to always hedge against that. And that's yeah. why, you know, you see that for sure. And you never want to pass up on, on talent, you know, as sure. I don't want to begrudge any brokers that grows, you know, yeah. but it, it's yeah. just, one of those different deals. models. Yeah, exactly. So the, the franchise brokerage was one thing, you know, the, the boutique local one was another. And I, I like that it would uh, financially, it was a little bit better structured, you know, because there wasn't a big or a fees or having to fee that was going yeah. up to, you know, some corporate out, out of state. So mathematically, you know, when I kind of mathed out the commission structures, you know, it was a better deal to go kind of local. Well, it seems like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it does seem like there's a progression that's pretty standard, I guess I would say, where you have people that, new agents that come into the business and they go work for a, a name brand. You sure. know, we won't say the names, everybody knows what they are. Um, get the they training. Go, right, they get the training, they get, get mentorships, they get yeah. the teams, they learn the business. Now, that doesn't come for free, right? No. You're, you're paying for that, right? But you're paying for that experience. You're paying to get something from somebody else that, that's been doing it for a long time. You're paying the, the franchise that gives you all the materials that you need and, and gives you a path to say, here's how you advertise yourself. Here's how you market yourself. So you're getting, so it's not like money you're just throwing in the garbage if, if you're doing it the right way, right? You're mm -hmm. not throwing it away. 
but then you'll slide over to, okay, you're like, I've been doing this for a couple of years. I think I got this kind of figured out. So now I wanna go somewhere else where the cost is maybe a little bit less because I, I know how to do these things already. Right. I don't need that extra help. I don't need to pay for that. And then once you've done that for a little while, a lot of people will sit in those, maybe they'll bounce around a little bit or they end up like like you do. Right? Yeah, I sometimes I get a little confused as why people, more people don't go the broker route, but once I, came a broker and saw how expensive it yes. was from like an insurance and liability standpoint. Yes. Then you start going, yeah, oh, okay, okay. I kind of understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then also kind of how lonely it gets too, you know, yeah. like that was kind of, I was talking to my wife this morning about it and I was like, hey, you know, I kind of miss my brokerage because there's, you know, there's people. camaraderie, yeah. And camaraderie. Yeah. yeah well, um, people, you know, folks that, you know, you can pop into an office and, and see and, yeah. um, you know, um, I, I, I miss that a little bit, sure. but um, well, yeah, eventually get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to keep myself busy and out there yeah. and engaging with people enough to kind of satisfy that. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And, uh, I feel like those, everything serves a, a purpose, you know, it's yeah. like if you're, uh, if you're in sales, a lot of times you start, you know, when you're a kid, you know, with newspapers and then it's yellow pages or cars, you know, and you work your way, you know, medical devices and then you've made it. Um, so real estate's a, a lot like that. Um, and I'm totally lost at work. No, no, you're good. When you're when you're looking for um, agents, mm -hmm. right? When you're out there, because I know you've been very selective, and we've talked about this before. You're not just trying to hire whoever. Mm -hmm. um, what are some some qualities that you you personally, as a as a broker, are looking for when you're looking to hire a new agent? Do you want somebody who's been doing it forever? Somebody who's new? Somebody you know, like younger, older? Like, what are your like? You know, just generally speaking, like, yeah, I like, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Not everybody fits the box all the time. Yeah. I think it's mostly the soft skills, you know, it's, it's people who have empathy. You know, I think empathy is a, a big thing that's needed. Yeah. Um, cause it, it's relating to people. Right. You know, and it's, it is, although it's transactional, it's relationship as well. Right. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, become very emotional, you know, yep. you can be, you know, I, I joke sometimes I have five, six wives at any given time right. because I'm trying to help multiple families out and yep. you know make everyone happy. So I think empathy is huge. I think energy is another one because this is, it, it's a tough business. You know, there's a reason why a lot of, you know, new licensees don't renew their license after the first two years or whatever. Um, I think the number is pretty, pretty. Yeah, they fall off quick. Yeah, a bunch like come 60, in and a bunch percent don't even renew it. Yeah. Because um, it's not as easy. I, I think we kind of suffer from this HGTV idea of what real estate is, you know, where you just, open up some houses, you show them, you make millions of dollars and there's, there's a lot of stuff on the back end that they don't show you. And that's not the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, well, the hard part is, is what you just said a minute ago about relationships is like, that's what I think everybody loses sight on real estate is, yeah, you write contracts and yeah, you need to understand market, you know, fluctuation and house pricing and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the hardest part about being a realtor is creating enough relationships with people that you have a constant flow of business coming in because yeah. I always used to say, like when I would uh, meet new agents and whatnot, I like I love new agents. I really did. I like working with new agents because they're excited, they're passionate, yeah. they're ready to go. And more often than not, when you're coming out of your real estate training and your schooling or whatever and getting your license, you usually have two or three transactions that are ready to go, yeah. that are waiting for you because you've been talking about it, you've been telling yeah. everybody, you've been doing all the They're right things. Everybody's excited, right? Usually young and your friends yes. are in that stage. Yeah, you know? and 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 so there's stuff that comes out, but that's not the hard part, and that's where the the bait gets the chum gets out there a little bit because you're like, well, I've been doing it for six months and I've already sold this house and this house and this house. And then you're like, all right, well, call me back in 12 months when when the initial flow rolls off. Right. And now you have to go out there and really hustle to get the business. And I don't mean hustle like, I mean, I guess you can knock on doors. That works for some people. <laughs> but just being around enough people, not being secluded, not being alone, like you said, you know, not sitting in your office by yourself. You've got to get out and yeah. meet people and be a part of the world and be part of the community. Well, that's, yeah, I kind of have landed on, and I, I don't know if someone else, or maybe I pick this up somewhere, but it's a lot of ease, you know, it's like the empathy, yeah. there's energy, there's enthusiasm, yeah. there's education, right? you know, there, there's all these like E words that I think of when I'm thinking of like agents that, you know, I'd like to engage, yeah. uh, engaging, that's yeah. another word. Um, you know, so when I'm looking for, Folks, it's it's not necessarily necessarily production. I I'm not super fond of like you know if they're that 80% that only does yeah 20% of the work. You know I'm, I'm hoping to only bring on people that take it seriously, take it as you know their primary source of income. You know that are doing a dozen or more transactions a year. You know ideally, you know if they're new, 
you know, I'd like for them to be working toward that. Right. Not just, they're committed. Yeah, they're not yeah. like, I'm just gonna do friends and family, you know, two, two three, four a year. Um, Cause I, I liken it to, you know, you. I wouldn't trust my body to a personal trainer that went into the gym once or twice a year. Right. You know, I wouldn't trust my finances to a, you know, my brother-in-law who trades day, you know, day trades or right. whatever. You know, it's right. kind of those things like this is the single largest investment. You don't want a hobbyist. Yeah. You want a professional. Exactly. Yes. You know, and that's, and, and unfortunately there's, there's not, there's not a kind of component to the, the licensing for real estate or, or any, you know, a lot of things right. like you need to be doing X amount of transactions to maintain your license. It's right. just, take the continuing education, you're good to go. So, um, so primarily that, you know, I, I'd love for them to be of all walks of life, of all backgrounds, you know, of all experiences, um, you know, probably before they got into real estate. I mean, I was 40, 40 ish when I got my license. And, you know, by that point, you know, all my friends had already bought homes, you know, they, most of them had moved from the area, you know, I didn't really, you know, had three kids. So, you know, my, my sphere of, Kind of people I hung out with and, and shrunk substantially, you know, from being in my twenties. It happens when you have a family, doesn't it? I know. It's weird how that works. Like your, your spirit goes from like here to like the four people that are in your house. <laughs> my my friends or uh, my kids from time to time would be like, "Dad, do you have any friends?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, I kinda, but I mean, you guys are my friends. Yeah. Like, I'm here with you all the time." I, I did like, before you little right. showed up. And when you leave, I'll probably get friends that I can like go spend time with and hang out with. Yeah. But, you know, until that happens, you know, you get all of me. So congratulations to you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, great. Yeah, they're like, uh, thanks. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, definitely my, my girls are cringed over everything. I oh, do. I, I hope they see this video and they just yeah. like just they're sink, like, oh you know, under the table. Yeah. Um, but no, it's that's kind of where I was. So I, I and I kind of did it on the stealth because it was about two months between the time I decided to go into, you know, real estate sales yeah. and from the time I went into it. So I didn't have that big, like, initial wave. I think my first transaction came like a month or two after I got the license for like a $30,000 lot. Right. And so <laughs> that was like the first deal I did. And I was like, yeah. And then I was excited by it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a tough, I don't, I don't really have like a, a, a really like tight description of the type of agent yeah, yeah. I'm looking for. You know, I, this business is difficult. Right. You know, your, your wife's an agent, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, so you, you kind of know the, the, the back end of, of the business. Um, and some things that have in, intrigued me about some of the brokerages out there, you know, that have, you know, kind of this, some people call it like multi-level marketing or pyramid, yeah. whatever it's not. It's just basically, you know, people who recruit you, get a little bit of money. Yeah. Visiting. That's, that's pretty normal with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah so it's like every business. You got a right. CEO, you got right. managers, yeah, you got They make a little more than you make. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so there's a couple, uh, brokerages out there that do that kind of national ones. And, and I've been invited to all of them and I've been sent videos on how all of them work. And the math is like really kind of, you know, off or I, you know, I can't figure it out. I'm um, just like, wait, how many people do I have to recruit before I get some money or, or something like that? So it's I'm, supposed to be complicated. Yeah, I know. Right. It's like, so you don't really ever hit it. You just bring a bunch of agents in. Right. Um, so I'm trying to build something similar to that, but easy. And, right. and my brokers, I'm not like feeding people to death. Like I'm well, not you have to, you probably stuff. have to incentivize people to help grow. Right. And that's, that's kind of what you're looking to do is you're saying, Hey, look, I want to grow, but I need, I don't know everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. So I need people to come to me from time to time. Yep. So, Hey, if you help me find somebody, then I'm going to help you, you know, as a result, you'll get a little, yeah. a little something on top of it. Well, it's also, it's, not, know, it's very, it's business. That's <laughs> real estate's a very, in most cases, it's a eat what you kill Correct. type of business, yep. right? Like if you're not selling the house, you're not earning a commission. Right. You know, for some people, if you go six weeks, eight weeks without selling the property, unless you're doing something else that provides income, you know, chances are things could get pretty tight for you. Yeah. So, you know, and then what do you do when you're 65, 70, you know, whatever, you know, right. you kind of get to an age where maybe you don't have the energy or the passion or the whatever, the, the health to do it. Um, so what some of these workers have done essentially profit share, you know, based off people they've recruited. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of building that yeah. in my burger store. It's, it's, and it's, it's all very competitive compared to sure. like just traditional percentages, you know, a percent goes to the brokerage and that pays for all the tech and all the leads 
generation and things like that, insurance, yeah. you know, that, that costs. And then there's like a percentage that goes to whoever recruited you and the people kind of above them. Right. And it's it's kind of one of those deals where I'm like, just pick, just get four, just find like four agents that you can be part of your team. So you can go on vacation a couple times a year and right. you've got people that can support you and they can go on vacation. Because that's, yeah. that's another thing, you know, as a independent contractor, you know, that regardless of what brokerage you're with, there's no real requirement for anyone to kind of pick up the slack while you're gone if you don't work you don't get paid exactly you, you know if you've got a few buyers <laughs> yeah at, at any given time like how do you ever find time to take off and that was one thing i struggled with early on the first you know three four five years of, of being an agent was was like well, i don't think i took off very often because when you do you know it, it slows down that momentum yep. Yep. or you know comes to a complete halt mm -hmm. and then you got to build it back up once you come back so you can i mean you're time without income can be pretty, pretty elaborate. So, you know, that's one thing that I'm trying to kind of look at for agents that are looking a little long-term, right. you know, they're not necessarily focused on, you know, I, I get to bring this in on every deal, right. like, oh, okay, I, if I share that with four people that are above me and I get four people for me, it's a, it's a bit of a wash, but yeah. then there's, you know, generations below me that I'll benefit from. So kind of doing something like that or, Starting to, I've only had one agent, so right. you know, we're, I can be very we're flexible. We're not very deep into this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all have plans and then, you know. Yeah, I'm like nine months into it. So um, yeah. things can change, but that, that's right. the idea is that, you know, people can build a little bit of a team that they can support. I figure four people, you can fit them into a five-car sedan, you can right. go have lunch with them, right. talk to them. They can have their own little four people and so forth and so on. And everybody can help each other out because it is, it is a doggy dog business, you know, in a lot of ways. And you know, everyone yeah, can use a little bit of support. It's funny, uh, if you have a client that uh, calls you and you can't answer the phone for whatever reason, you know, a million different reasons, or as an agent, you're unavailable to take them to see a house, you know, because everybody likes to live right now. Like we, nobody, mm -hmm. very few people live in tomorrow. They live right now. Yeah. So I need this to happen today. And when you're like, well, I can't, but I can take you tomorrow. They may say, okay, whatever, but then they're going to call somebody else and go, yeah. hey, can you come show me this house? Are they on one of the apps? Yes. You know, like just right. Some or show up to the builder just all by themselves and not have any representation, right? Yeah. <laughs> the builder gets to determine all the terms. Yeah. No, I, I've uh, heard many stories about that. For yeah. Sure. And they're and they're true. I mean, they're, yeah. they're definitely occur and it's, it's, it's very tough. I think, um, you know, I wish... I wish there was more transparency or more people saw that in the market. I wish there would be great HD TV show that just really showed it. You yeah. know, like showed it how it was. Like how it really was. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just follow follow a new agent around. Go for see like seven two years. offers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, working with, you know, half dozen clients at any given right. time and just, you know, that. And that was one thing that kind of, when I was in the Harley business and I didn't get to see my family, I was yeah. like, oh, real estate, make my own hours. You know, I can be as busy or as not busy as I want to be. And I get into it and I was like, I've got less time now. <laughs> Other people dictate your hours. Exactly. You know? And you know, or, or they should, or else you're not going to be very right. successful. Yeah. Right. And if you got enough hustle, you're, you're, you're busy. But it was like the times that, you know, people aren't necessarily available to see is when they're at work and your kids are at school. So you're like, right. your free time is while your kids are away anyway. So yep. it, was, it did not solve that, uh, time with family because then you're Saturdays and Sundays and you know holidays and yeah. I mean it's, it's just non-stop. Well, you have flexibility but freedom's probably a strong word like you, you certainly have flexibility there right you, you can you know you don't have to be sitting in your desk at your thing at eight o'clock you know and yeah. sit through traffic but so you take his school however when you sit down to have dinner and you're out at a nice restaurant and your phone rings you're like hey guys give me just a minute i need to go oh yeah take care of this gotta answer those phones yeah because if you uh, don't then they go away be a good shirt flexibility does not equal freedom yeah, <laughs> yeah i like that you need to see the logo yeah, right you need to pin the, coin that so okay so um Last little bit here, I really want your opinion because right now, you know, we're in a unique spot and I'm, you know, speaking from as a lender, um, rates have gone up dramatically just in the last week and a half. And, and it's all relative, right? I, I want to be clear. I say dramatically in my world it's dramatic. Uh, you know, we're still under 4% for the most part. So, you know, you're, you're good there. Um, but it's, it's definitely on an upward trend and I expect it to continue that way. But, in our market, especially in DFW, because that's where we live, um, you know, you would expect you see rates start to go up, demand would go down. And there has been, if you look nationally, you know, in December applications were down. Um, everything's kind of starting to go down a little bit. But here, for a number of reasons, um, there are people still coming in droves. Yeah. So what's what is has been your experience in this current market? And then where do you think we're headed? 
you know, in the next couple of years. This car market has been horrible. I yeah. feel I feel bad for anyone that's in other than sellers. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's just ridiculous. If you're a seller, odds are you're going to have to be a buyer. Right? Yeah, if, if, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's been most of the issue with inventory shortages. You know, like if I sell, where am I going to go? Right. So most of the people who have sold, they're relocating to a totally different market for for work or family or whatever, uh, or it's people passing away or going, you know, moving up to retirement communities or whatever the case may be. But it has been, you know, it's it's been a brutal couple years, you know, yeah. because we, you, you know, I don't I don't watch a whole lot of news, but all the news that I get from my clients are coming from right. California and you know the, the Pacific Northwest and you know the East Coast are you know making these stories about you know kind of how restrictive yep. things have been, uh, and you know Florida, Texas, and a few other states have this reputation for being a little bit more open. Uh, and so that's kind of driven a lot of people who, you know, have this newfound ability to work remotely or work from anywhere and say, well, where can we live and still kind of live? Live a life, yeah. Yeah, and Texas has been one of them. And in North Texas, from a standard of living, cost of living, you know, component. It has been reasonable, right? Would yeah, you say, I, I, would, I would still say it is pretty reasonable yeah. when, you, when, you, when you hear kind of what other, you know, states, you yeah. know, real estate markets are. Um, it's still really reasonable. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that maybe offsets a little bit is our property tax. You know, yeah. a lot of states don't have that. Or we don't have income tax. So. Exactly. So yes. I say do the math. Yeah. You know, like if you're getting charged two and a half to three percent on property tax, you know, but not thirteen percent on income. Right. You know, you, you don't you don't have to own a home. I mean, we all recommend it, but you don't have to. So yeah. you don't want to pay the property taxes. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, so you know, from from where we are now, I, I think it's tough. You know, every you know. It, since I got into business 2013, things were kind of on on the incline, you yeah. know. Was, and I don't think I ever had a buyer where it was just, you know, make an offer on a house and they're the only offer. Yeah, I can't remember the last buyer's market we had. It's been a while. Yeah. It's maybe right when I first got into business, I got in like 2010, 11, you know, right then, okay. maybe. But uh, but other than that, I yeah, there hasn't been, it's always, it's been a seller's market for a really long yeah. time. And for any house that's kind of in, in a condition that's you can move into, Yeah. You know, if I have a buyer, there's, there's typically have been competing, but yeah. nothing, you know, I, I get replies back from agents like, you know, thank you for your offer. You know, it was one of 40, one of 60, you know, and I've even the listings I have had in the past couple of years are, you know, a couple dozen, you know, I think the, the most I have is close to 30. And it's just, that's, it's unfortunate because those 29 people that didn't get that house, you know, had to go at it again. So I, when you're, an agent for a buyer, you're writing 10 times as many offers, you know, you're having to consult your buyers in a way that it puts them in the best position to potentially get the, the property and you know, make the offer that's going to win. And it, it doesn't sound pretty, you know, when you're saying, look, we got to waive appraisal, we got to waive inspection, you know, you're going to pay for the title policy, you know, like these are all things that you can do to sweeten your offer just a little bit, you know, better um, than, than others and hopefully get it. Or, you know, I do escalation and then and, you know. Well, the thing that sucks too, is that right now is that if you're a new buyer and you haven't bought a home in a while, or this isn't, you know, and it, it's understandable because you don't do it. Like, you know, I, I always compare buying a car, to buying a house and that people buy cars every three to five years, mm -hmm. you know, they go through the process, typically speaking, every yeah. couple of years, they kind of know what to expect, what, you know, everybody understands it. But with a house and, a, and buying, a, you know, you and I understand it because we do it every day, it's yeah. a job. But the average person, the average consumer has no idea what they're walking into, right? right. So then as a, as a maybe not a complete stranger, because you're going to get referrals and that kind of thing, but just as somebody that maybe they don't, they're not best friends with, typically speaking, uh -huh. you have to now explain to them that I know that house is listed for 300, but it's going to sell for 350. Yeah. And they're like, what? They're like, don't you get paid on the price of the home? It's like, look. I want to close the, I want to get you the contract way more than I'm worried about what the price is. Like yeah. that's what we're trying to do. But that's goes back to what you're talking trust, about. Trust, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to develop that with them so they understand that, look, I am looking out for your best interest, but that's not an easy conversation to have. And a lot of times they have to go through the experience of, all right, we just made six offers the way that you wanted to make them and we lost all of them. Yeah. So now I need you to listen to me a little bit and I can help you get the house. But, and even then we may miss a couple before we get the one. Yeah. And I, all, all the buyers that I have been getting the past couple of years, I, I basically lead with that. You know, yeah. The first meeting I have, I want to say, look, you know, trust is paramount. You yeah. need to trust me. This is all I do, you know, and, and just know, I, I know what's going on in the market and tell them up front and say, look, you know, 
you're going to miss out on some houses that you love. You know, some things are going to pop up and we're going to go see them and you're going to fall in love with it. It's going to be perfect, perfect location, you know, perfect size, style, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get it, you know, because it's going to take you a few losses before you get serious and start making the type of offers that people are making. Because there's people in that queue of right, that offers already, that have already gone. Yeah. Yes. So, so um, you know, that is, it is paramount. And some of them get it right away and, and some lose one or two. And it's my job just... To stick with them, yep. Uh, and, and I do, and it's painful sometimes. Yep. You know, you're 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 15, 20 offers in before they. You know, some people will finally listen to you after two or three. Right. Some take a lot longer. Right. right? And then <laughs> and then like you know they can't renew their lease, and then it becomes, then it becomes now yeah. we got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's dire. It's it's tough right now. Where as far as where I think we're going, you know, I I don't think we're going to see much of a slowdown in DFW. You know, just from the numbers. Let me ask you like this. If someone asks you the question, Dave, they say today is January 11th. Okay. Should I just wait a little longer for prices to cool off or should I buy now? What What is your response to that question? Uh, I'll, I'll send them a meme that I have saved <laughs> on my phone where it's like, you know, uh, buyer. I'm going to wait for the market to cool down. Right. And then it's like the market and it's like pictures of Tom Brady. Right. You know, like it's, it's like his <laughs> team picture for like the past decade or whatever. Right. And... That's essentially my response is like, you know, I've, I've had clients that do that. Yeah. Like, we're going to wait, we're going to wait. And it's a year later and, and prices are 23% more, 25% more. You know, some places are 40, 50% more, you know, it's like, you know, by the way, rates are going yeah, up. Yeah, rates are going up. So that's yeah. a common, like, look, you know, rates are kind of historic lows. Uh, it's going to be hard to ever refinance, you know, I always try to like, try to go conventional if you can, yeah. because, you know, with FHA, you got that MI that doesn't go away. and. The only way out of this is to sell or refinance right. it. And if you refinance it, it's probably going to be higher, yep. you know? Um, so it's just all these things that I, I don't see it cooling off. Builders, you know, the, the cost to build is, is high. Really expensive. So they're not um, building $200,000 houses. They're only building no, 400, 400 and up. Yeah. Um, or, or you're sacrificing location right. you're going way, you know, you're going kind of foreign far out. east, you know, yeah. you're going far from, you know, Cleburne, you know, you got to go a distance from the central business locations that can become a bit of a pain point from a commute standpoint. Some people don't mind because they're working remotely sure. or whatever the case may be, but um, I don't I don't think we're gonna see, we're gonna see a tapering off, I think, the, the rates kind of going up, you know, because- I like to call it a plateau. Right? I don't even know if it'll plateau. You don't think for so, a while. Just, just not yeah. go up as the same same degree. Yeah. Instead of 20%, we're at 15, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there'll be, you know, we'll probably keep seeing some increase, but right now it's just, been like that for a while um but yeah you know and we don't know what the future holds i mean and, and as realtors we can't guarantee yeah. you know success and then we just say look this is historic you know and bar any major financial thing like we had in you know the, the 2000 odds um we'll, we'll probably see price can we'll, increase but even with that and i i use this story all the time go go find a house in california any house pick pick a place pick san francisco los angeles whatever and go do some research on what that house's value or what it sold for was in 2006, okay, or 2004, and it's like way up there, right? Mm-hmm. And then look and see what that house's value was in 2012, right? It came down because yeah. there was a big, now there's a whole bunch of reasons why, especially in California, why this occurred, right? Now, go look at that value of that house today, yeah. and it's more than it was in 2006. For sure. Okay, because overall, Real estate goes like this always. Yeah. Now it goes like this on its way up, but the the trend is they ma- the, they ain't making more of it. That's right. Unless, unless you're in the UAE, yeah, they just build. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're building islands. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, but, but here in Texas, they're, they're not making more land. No. So it's you know I, I bought our house in 2006. You know, yeah. and it, it you know right before kind of it it took a good 10 percent little dip, but it was two years yeah. you know, before it was back to where Made it was. It yeah. And then, you know, now I could sell it for more than twice what I paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so. It's kind yeah. of Bitcoin right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think as far as North Texas uh, or Texas in general, I think we're fairly incubated, yeah. you know, for, for some time. Any slowdown, which incubated in that we're not slowing down. It's gonna be Yeah. Continue. Well, unfortunately we have some, you know, kind of 
laws built into our constitution that only lets us, you know, like 80% limits yes. on our home equities right. and Which like is part that. of the reason, like I said, California got into the hole and they did because they were lending it like 125% above, yeah. you know, appraised values and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Bad laws yeah. built into the system. And adjustable rate mortgages aren't as prominent right. as they are in the market as they were then, you know, and yeah. people, people weren't having five houses, you know, with the, the rates, you know, yeah. everything like converting right. at the same time. So. Um, yeah, my yeah. favorite movie is The Big Short, and they go into quite a bit of detail on that one. Yeah, that, that, that was a good one. I was working for a law firm that dealt with a lot of that, yeah. you know, and worked with other law firms that were, you know, had clients like Chase and those folks that were dealing with a lot of those deals, and it was, it was not pretty. So the long and the short of it is, is that, uh, you know, waiting just costs money. Um, typically speaking, you may get lucky. You know, I, I always say there's never absolutes in anything. Sure. You know, there's always exceptions. You know, so I will say this as well. Like, well, the other day I got okay. It happens, all right. <laughs> it certainly happens. But overall, in the industry as a whole, you're going to see, especially in Dallas Forward, it's going to continue to go up. Rates are going to continue to go up every day that you're waiting and deciding. And unfortunately. Nowadays, it's every day your contract doesn't get accepted because you're trying to buy a house. Yeah. I mean, I have people that are pre-qualified weeks ago that still haven't gotten under contract. They're not locked. And they're, well, they can't be because you got to have a house if okay. you're under contract. So you got to have a property that you can lock onto. And then, so once you have the house, we can lock you in. But until then, you're just kind of twisting in the wind, you know? And unfortunately, like I said, it's, uh, it is what it is, but you just have to be aware that, uh, you know, you can't sit around and wait. If it's, I mean, Granted, sometimes it's good to buy for you and sometimes it's not. We're not saying on a personal basis that it, you have to buy. We're just saying that if this is what you're going to do and you have intent of doing it at any time in the near future, now's the time. No time like the present. Right. Yeah. Now's the time. So yeah. it's, it's my hope that it'll get to kind of a, a stage where a little bit of balance. Yeah. I mean, when that's market forces, yeah, right? For you know, sure. Anything, you know, the rates go up a little bit. Maybe it's not 40 offers or 30 offers on the house. It's back 10. 10, yeah, we'll, we'll feel good at 10. Because then you got a 10% chance, right? Say there's a chance. Yeah, when you're telling people, oh, there's 40 offers, I mean, yeah. you got like a 2.5% chance, right. you know, uh, yeah. on average. So, yeah, that's my hope. It's And it, and it's humor, humorous to me because I, I, I have spoken to several agents, especially new ones. Oh, I got into it because the market's so hot. Yeah. And we're just like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's prob it's probably not the hot market you're thinking of to yeah. get into real estate. Um, you know, but if you can survive, yeah. you know, in like times like now, then you'll be able to get, do it. Anytime. Yeah. It's like, you know, one of my friends is a, an agent in Fort Worth, you know, he got into it, you know, right at the, the, the bottom where, you know, you can get a house away, right. I mean, you know, relatively um, compared to today's and you know, just thriving because you, you, you kind of learn to adjust the, you know, what you don't know is what you don't know. And uh, if you figure it out in tough markets, then you do pretty well. But yeah, we'll see where it goes. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time this yeah. hour to sit down and talk. Now, um, just like I ask everybody that comes in, um, I don't know if you had a chance to think about it, but is there any is there any stories that stick out to you, experiences, things that happened to you on either side of the real estate transaction that uh, you you tend to find them, that people might find amusing? I call them funny stories, whatever. Yeah, man, I I've had a few things occur that. Probably most of them aren't appropriate to share. <laughs> well, you can dance around a little bit. It's okay. No, lanes, names, and likenesses. No, out. not even that. Just like to explain the scenario. Yeah. Just there are some, you know, there are some interesting people in the world. Of course, there, there are it takes all kinds to make the world go around. There are some interesting properties. Mm -hmm. There are interesting people that make their way into interesting properties. Um, trying to think of one that would be fairly. I mean, I think. No, I mean, the only thing I can kind of think of that's, you know, PG uh, was more of a scary situation. I was I was over in uh, South of Joe Pole, over in Lake Ridge, showing this, you know, massive house. Yeah. Been on the market for ages, was obviously in a little bit of disarray. This right. was five, six years ago, uh, showing it to an investor client. And it was this time of year, you know, sun was going down quick and early. So we got there, you know, just after sundown. So it was dark, we had flashlights out and our phones. Massively, had to be 5,000, 6,000 square foot, you know, three level home. And, uh, we, we, you know, walking to the front, it's okay. But you went down to like the basement area and there were like full blown, like squatter communion, you know, happened. To, it was just, it you was just happened upon it. Yeah, just kind of oh, wow. like, because no signs on the yeah. exterior, but full on, like people living down there. And wow. it was just, it was a little, little like 
like uh -oh. frightening. What do we do? Know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh god. I mean, they were fine. Like, yeah. You know, nothing like. But it was just kind of one of those, you know, scenes as you're walking down some stairs with you know your little cell phone lights and you turn the corner. It's and like a Blair Witch. Yeah. So <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever screamed or jumped so hard on the highway turning. Yeah. But there's been there's been a couple where you know. I, I will say you'll make mistakes in any line of work you're in and once you make them yeah you'll never make them again right you know I, I had a situation one time where they're you know put my GPS a house for sale pulled up to a house had a sign in it you know was there for my appointment got there a little early you know a couple minutes early before my clients so unlock the box open it up you know do a little knock kind of poke my head in and there's like a young kid playing this video game thing and scared him to death scared me to death i was like what's going on and uh and he, he looked confused so i just like closed the door you know locked it back up put the box in and we'll come to realize that the house next door was also for sale but there, it was having some work done on it and they pulled the sign and i just you know it was oh, you just put just the wrong house uh, wow. but but they were i mean right next to each other right. and it was one of those deals where like didn't have like clear right, right. You just, on the you saw the sign. No, yeah. I know you just tried. You're like, that's it's that one. It's totally, yeah. the sign. On yeah. autopilot. Yeah. And man, I was. I mean, I felt horrible. You know, reached out to the, the, the listing agent. I was like, I don't. I was like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> please. Um. So that was that was a little scary. So now when I go places, I'm just double like, checking. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, is this the address? Is this Make the sure it's the right. It was, it was, it was a few right. years ago, but I, I yeah. man, that that really kind of. That's how all life lessons work. You got to screw up a couple times <laughs> for once. Sometimes that never happens. I, I felt man, I I, I felt really. Yeah, because I'm sure I scare that child to death. So sorry, <laughs> right, we all had our moments, so don't worry yeah. about it. Well, man, I really appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Thank you again. Uh, thanks for stopping by. I love what uh, you're doing. Keep keep up. You know, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, just like talking and seeing where all this stuff goes. So um, for me, it's fun because I get to you know catch up with people I know and and in some cases meet new people. So it's it's really awesome and and I enjoy it because I just like talking. I talk all the time. So you know, it's just just part of what I do. But uh, but thank you and. Um, if you guys are looking for anyone to help out anywhere in DFW, give Dave a call. Um, he's fantastic. He knows, really smart guy, knows knows more than uh, than most people I deal with. And we have a lot of great conversations about all kinds of things. So um, so you'll definitely find uh, a point of uh, commonality with him for sure. He's got a lot, uh, a lot to offer. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.